Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The next conversation is going to be an entertaining one. As uh, we welcome you back to Oilers Now, it's 133 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you. As many of you know, um, you know, years ago we'd talk about coaching and I did not believe in coaches that believe, uh, you know, believed in breaking people down and, and building them up. I, I believed in coaches that created positive relationships from the beginning of the relationship and then they engender passion from their athletes or student athletes and that's how they get the most out of people. I think that's the best way to lead. Uh, uh, lead. I know for a number of years uh, back in like 2009, 2010, 2011, some of the other media accused me of being too pro-analytics. The truth is I have a lot of time for it, um, and I don't agree with everything that's out there, but it, it lends itself to discussion and different perspectives and different ways to look at things. And one of the guys that's out there in the Oiler blogosphere uh, that's uh, developed a, a bit of a following, his name is Darcy McLeod. He goes by the handle Wood Guy, and we're going to head off to our River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. We haven't had Darcy on for a number of months, but he is our Oilers Now headliner today, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show, Darcy McLeod. Darcy, how are you doing? I'm pretty good, Bob. Headliner, eh? Can you tell us like the last segment before the long weekend? <laughs> yeah, awesome. See, there you go. You got it. Now, I'm getting people text me that I know the answer to this, but why don't you maybe explain why you went with the handle wood guy? I sell wood for a living, and I have forever. I went to school and uh, started to become an investment banker, hated it, fell ass backwards into the hardwood business, and I've been in it for 25 years now, 26 years. All right, there we go. All right, Darcy, uh, where do we start here? Uh, let's do this, goaltending. And we got a little bit of a reverberation on the line right now. And again, I'm, I'm from home. But uh, what I want to know is, is it easy to assess goaltenders based on analytics? Or what are the analytics or what are the numbers that you think matter the most in terms of evaluating goaltenders? Well, I, I think you can use analytics to evaluate goaltenders. I, I don't think that what we have available publicly is great. 
because all the public stuff, all the stuff you see on Twitter, you can call it Twitterlytics instead of analytics. Most of that is uh, off the NHL uh, game sheets where they record every shot, and that's where a ton of almost all this information comes from. That's that's public. The private stuff has more puck and player tracking. It'll it'll tell you how many passes and where the passes came from, where the goalie was, how how you made the goalie move. So there's there's a lot more that goes into creating a goal than just what we can figure out from the public data that gives you a good expected goals model. So yes, you can, and no, not with the stuff in the public, but you, you can refine it enough to get something a little bit better than just looking at save percentage. There's a site called called Evolving Hockey. They've got something called Goal Saved Above Expected. And if you look at that and then you normalize it, which means you put all the goalies on the same on the same level because some goalies will play a lot, some will play a little. So if you look at their goal saved above expected and you make it per 100 shots, it usually gives you a pretty good list of, of who the better goalies are. And, uh, and sometimes you can pick out guys who, you know, backups who've played 10, 15 games but had great results and you kind of watch them and, and they turn into very good starters. So I think it's a reasonable uh, method to look at. So, yeah, you can use some, some public data to, to get something better than just save percentage. Did you envision over the last two years that Mike Smith would go 923 and 915 in the regular season? If you look at goal saved above, first of all, no. I was against resigning Mike Smith. Like the, it was, just, yeah, 38 year old guy, and he, he was coming off a pretty poor season. No, I was not. No one saw that. But for the last two years, you look at goal saved above expected for guys who played at least a thousand minutes. He ranked 11th over the last two years, and last year he ranked ninth. It's it's yeah he, he if he didn't have the injury issues and you know he's such a polarizing figure and i think the oilers should aim younger and something right. that can last much longer but in the regular season he he put it up when he was healthy yeah no question about it all right i want to ask you about a couple guys that are pending ufas jack campbell who had a very good start to the season but a real poor two-month run and then darcy kemper who didn't kill it out of the gate but then had an unbelievable run and then I don't think overly impressed come playoff time, but Colorado was so damn good it didn't matter. So let's start there because to me there are a couple of the – and I guess I'm going to exclude Marc-Andre Fleury on this just because I don't know if Fleury would come to Edmonton, but I wonder whether or not Cam, Cam, you know, Kemper or Campbell might, and that's if Mike Smith doesn't return this year, and I think it's a possibility that could occur. What do the numbers indicate on Kemper and Campbell? Kemper shows up well on what I like to look at, this goal saved above expected per 100 shots. This past season, out of all the goalies who played at least 800 five-on-five minutes, he ranked 17th. He saved half a goal, uh, .57 above expected per 100 shots. So he's in really good company there. Um, over the last two years, it show, he shows a little less. He, he, he ranks 27th, comes in almost even. If a goalie saves zero goals above expected, they're still a starter. They're just a lower-end starter. Um, the, the issue with Kemper is can he stay healthy? He's had head injuries, and we know what those can be like. It's, uh, you know, he, he might be one hard uh, net rush and his career is done. You don't know. But he, he, he's worth a gamble for sure. I was surprised about how bad Campbell looked because he did start out like a house on fire and you're right he he ended up with a really poor last couple months and 
and, and Toronto ran ran him a lot. Like one of the things I've learned about goaltending over the last few years, Bob, is that there is a level, and it's so many games. You can only play so many games a week, or or it's like one game in every two point six days. Like goaltenders need their rest, and Toronto really leaned on Campbell. So he started well, but finished poor. So just this past year, he ranks forty fifth in the NHL in this uh, the what I'm talking about here, and he he ranks in the forties as well, forty uh, second over the last two years so eh, you know what I for what I look at I I don't think he's worth it but there's what I don't know about goaltending can can fill encyclopedias Bob well you're honest about that Uh, we're talking to wood guy aka Darcy McLeod joining us here on Oilers now Uh, all right who would you target that's a potential UFA oh lordy that's a that's a question I wasn't prepared for Um, for UFA you is, is Dreger's not up, is he? No, Dreger like is Dreger. injured for like he is, a lot. He is injured for the next several months. Sorry, I, I guess I should have mentioned Billy Huso as well as a. Uh, a oh yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, Huso. The Huso's a slam dunk, but he he has just about as many games played as Talbot did when the Oilers picked up Talbot. It's almost identical. I was looking at him and comparing him to Talbot because I was a big fan of Talbot. You know, after his second year of backing up uh, in, Lugless, in yeah. for the Rangers, yeah, and Huso almost has the exact same results in the exact same sample size and so he's probably worth a bet and the good thing about Huso although you know everyone needs a goalie this year so he's probably going to be expensive but a guy coming out of his you know out of a backup role usually doesn't get a ton of money for too long so you know the highest bidder might work on him uh four million at three years or or something like that would be perfect but but Yeah, he, he he might get offered more because so many guys so many guys need it. I think Kemper is probably still the best UFA goal. You got someone else in mind, Bob? No, I I, I think that uh, I was surprised there was that much delineation between uh, Kemper and Jack Campbell, and I would have Huso in between Kemper. I've got I you know it's funny I I. I tend to believe that the time to get guys isn't when they're coming off killing. Like, Huso had a real good year this year. Kemper's year was so-so, I think. I mean, he had a real good regular season, but he didn't have a great playoff, and I think that's the time to capitalize on a goaltender. Now we're going to switch to defense. And the offensive numbers are right there for everybody to see. And I'll give you an example. Like, Evan Bouchard this year, 5-on-5, was 11th in the NHL in defense scoring, which means that, when he gets to take over the power play, he's going to be probably a 55 to 60 point player. I think you know that. Uh, that's you know that's there for everybody to read. You talked a bit about the information that's available for goaltenders and why it's tough at times on what did you call it Twitter analytics or whatever. Why it's tough at Twitter, times. Twitter Twitter Twitterlytics. <laughs> Twitterlytics on the analytics for goaltenders. It, does it also do Twitterlytics also work against the defensive defenseman when it comes to evaluating guys that don't put up points on back ends and how it's challenging to find the right metrics to evaluate defense? Well, actually, I think the stuff you see on Twitter does a better job of of ignoring points for defensemen. I think one of the biggest uh, inefficiencies in the NHL is paying defensemen for points, and because. Even the best ones score, you know, well, the very best ones score very high rates, but there's like a handful of them. But a lot of defensemen will rack up their points on on the power play, and their five-on-five scoring is like a decent third liner. So you shouldn't look at how defensemen 
get points in, in order how to pay them. What you need to look at is how does the team do with them on the ice? How do they improve the shots for and improve the shots against when they're playing with certain players? When, when you look at any of the analytic stuff, Bob, it's not just one number to look at. This guy's good because this number says this. It's how does, how does his teammates play with and without him in different situations? And that's what takes a lot more nuanced approach, takes a lot more data, a lot more data points. And when, when you go through it and you do it, especially if you have the the non-public data because there's a lot more data points you can find the players who it's like wow the teams kill it when he's on the ice even against the good players like like look at uh, Devon Taves I remember really really liking him and knowing that the Islanders needed to get rid of the defenseman uh, because they had too many pr- to protect before the Seattle draft and I couldn't believe he went for two seconds because looking at the defensive metrics not the scoring metrics but the defensive metrics and, and also how he helped his team score and how well they played against the other team's best he ranked top 10 in the nhl and he goes for two seconds but and who does he go to well a team that uses the you know uses a lot of data and has some pretty smart guys in their organization you know it's 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 identifying those players before the results get into the guide and record book because once they're there everybody knows it you got it you got to find these guys before they show up on on everyone's radar yeah absolutely we're joined right now by uh, darcy mcleod uh darren Dreger has tweeted out that, that there will be some change to the orders coaching staff brian uh uh, Wiseman is moving on and has a strong interest from a variety of teams. Uh, Drager saying that uh, Galtz and, and Manson, obviously, we all knew Dave Manson was staying. Uh, Glenn Galtz, those two are expected to stay. I'm just looking for the tweet. I actually can't find the tweet, but somebody has passed that along to me. Darcy I'm glad McLeod, Manson's staying. He's, he's awesome. Well, and he's and, and he's got all that history with the Oilers' younger defensemen, too, that are going to come support, you know, the nurse along with Bouchard and Broberg, you know, those first-rounders, they need to hit with, with a couple of these guys, maybe DeHarnay, a seventh-rounder, six-foot-seven right shot, or Nima Line in a third-rounder at six-foot-five. All right, Darcy, Yessa Pugliarvi, what a um, – man, is there a more debated player out there in the Oiler uh, Twitterverse? No, and, and I think the guys in the media drive it, and I'll include you in that, Bob. you got a show every day. You bring them up. <laughs> It's my fault? Well, it's partially, sure. Absolutely. Hey, I'm the one that first brought up Nachushkin and my concern that is this guy a potential Nachushkin? And one of the real things that got animated was the goals versus expecting goals debate that occurred. Uh, what do the numbers tell you about Yessa Pugliarvi? And did anything change in terms of how people perceive Pugliarvi this year as the season went on? Well, yeah, okay, first of all, I'm not going to use expected goals because it's like poison for a lot of people. So I look at goals, shot scoring chances, high danger scoring chances. I think everyone can relate to that, right? And I put out a little thread on Twitter before I came on your show, Bob, uh, just to show uh, JP's effect on all four centers that he played with, McDavid, Dreisaitl, RNH, and McLeod, and I showed the offensive uh, effects like how, and the defensive effects. And... The, the, the offensive effects playing with Jesse, every single uh, center, the, the Oilers score more when they're playing with them. You know, you talked before about there's an opportunity cost playing with JP. No, there's not. 
there's an opportunity cost of not playing with him. I get the frustration that he's not a great finisher, and that's the big thing with Jesse, is that he will flub an opportunity right in front of the net, and everyone loses their mind. What you can't see with him is that all the opportunities that are created by him that go onto other people's sticks and go into the net because he's there, that's, that's, really, that's not easy to see with your eyes, but you can see it when you break it down lightly like I broke it down on the Twitter thread. The Oilers forward score more with him. They get scored against less. They get more shots with him, less shots against. More scoring chances with him, less scoring chances against. More high-danger scoring chances with him, less high-danger chances against. It's you know, that's what that's what the game of hockey is. Goals, shots, scoring chances. They're all better with Jesse on both sides of the puck for the most part. I, I think he's so polarizing because you just you you just want him to finish more. Right? And and boy, if he I don't know, it worked with someone on how to score more, cut his stick, do whatever, I don't know. Uh, and, and just knocked in a few more of those pucks, this debate wouldn't be happening. It would be like, oh, boy, if we could, you know, I hope we can uh, afford to keep him. But the fact that he hasn't scored a lot, you can exploit that uh, inefficiency in the NHL, and you probably don't have to pay him that much. Oh. I'm not sure another – well, okay, I know, I know. you got you got to know what the what the agent wants. It's I get called all that, an opportunity cost or not. You focused on the opportunities that weren't ca- – uh, cashed in. There's also no, you a cost. Well, there's a no, but you brought the numbers to su- <laughs> you brought the numbers to support the argument that he creates opportunities. You did a great job of explaining that. What's the Thank cost? You, what's the cost and desire going to be from the agency for said player in this situation? Like how how you know do they dig in? And again, yesterday, and here's where we we credit the source, Tom Gazzola. Uh, on another platform, put out the fact that uh, he, he sort of, you know, has the time come, uh, and I didn't listen to the whole thing, but basically said, has the time come where both parties feel maybe it's best for everybody to move along with? I'm the one that thinks he can still be Nachushkin. I think he can be a guy at 26, 27, 28, maybe 27, 28, where he might have a 20 plus, 20 to 25 goal season. In fact, if anything, He's he's been more productive than I mean Nachushkin had a zero goal season in 57 games with Dallas went 91 games. So if you yeah, told don't people, forget that Jesse was scoring at a fine rate this year until he got COVID and then he got hurt yeah, and yeah. then everything fell, all, off, all, fell off the edge all, of the earth. All fair comments on your part. Final one for you, Darcy. You've done a great job. All right. Uh, final one. Give me your. Uh, is, is there? Is there stuff that's just BS that's out there on Twitter when it comes to analytics, and do people have to be careful as to how they interpret and read things? Well, of course, it's Twitter, right? Like anyone can put anything out there. I know a lot. Of, a lot of guys are trying hard, and you know, even my stuff is BS. Like, really, you, you know, I try hard to. Well, let's be honest, Bob. We're, we're looking. We're looking at. We're looking at shot. Like anything in the public sphere, you're looking at shot data. That can only go so far. And unless you get really into it granularly, it's like what I like to say. It's like looking for a street address with a provincial map. You know, the house is on that provincial map, but you ain't going to find it. You need, the, you need the, the, the city map. Like, I'm old enough to have paper maps still. So it's, it's, it's good information. It's not all the information. And I think everyone goes on to Twitter just to get in fights with each other, and they like to, to stand their ground and look at this one number. It's really important. And, you know, there's so much more that goes into it. There's so much more data available. There's so much more nuance to what's happening. Why is this player doing this? And the coaching, especially the coaching, like we talked to coaching earlier, Bob. You know, there's you look at the defensive analytics for the Oilers before the coaching change and after. It's like you got two different rosters. It's the same player. 
players, they're playing a different system. Manson Woodcroft's system really supported uh, back pressure in the neutral zone and supported the defensemen coming up to try to stop the zone, the zone entries, which is a huge thing uh, for defensemen. You looked at the zone entry denials for the defensemen under Tippett, it's like, oh these, oh, these defensemen are terrible. You look at them under Manson, it's like, well, these guys are all pretty good. It's the same damn player. So the context of all the results that we see and they get thrown up on Twitter, there's a lot more to the results than just a number. Final one for you, by the way. Uh, Mark Spector reporting today that... Uh uh, we've ended up in a situation. Archie Henderson has retired. He's in his mid-60s. And I, I mentioned earlier in the show, I, I, I would say I did not get a lot of pushback. Some people said, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I mentioned that I felt that uh, Brad Holland uh, might be the most progressive guy the Oilers have had in hockey ops based on my limited conversations with him. Do you think the Oilers could do a better job in terms of uh, from an analytics perspective, Darcy? Oh, yeah, 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 there's not, yeah, they could do a much, much, much better job, and it's kind of sad because the whole analytics movement started with Euler fans on Euler blogs, and, uh, and they're, heard they're, one the last, they're one of the last, you know what, I was, uh, I got introduced to Brad Holland by a friend of mine, and I've actually talked hockey with Brad a couple times, uh, I think he's a very progressive thinker, I like the way he thinks about hockey. I like the way he thinks about how goals are created and how you find players. And I, I think uh, I think he would be an asset to the to the company. I know the last name's a bit of an issue. Everyone in people would scream nepotism. And really, we're talking about the Oilers, Bob. You can scream nepotism a lot and be right, but in this case, I I you know I I think if they gave him more power to do more in the organization, it'd only be good for the for the hockey team. Yes, time will tell in that regard. Darcy, how do people follow you on Twitter? At Woodguy55, and I got a blog called Because Oilers, but I rarely put anything on there. Every once in a while. Good stuff. Thank you, Darcy. Anytime, Bob. Stephen from BC has texted the show to say, good segment with Woodguy. Jimbo has texted us to say, Bob, analytics say nothing for the intangibles, such as heart, desire, drive, confidence, decision-making, leadership, etc. These intangibles are still super important in hockey. Uh, again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Stoffer, you're such a naysayer about Pogliarvi. I'm saying he's capable of being a 25-goal, 60-point guy in a couple of years from now. That could happen. Uh, we need to keep him, says Mark and St. Albert. Well, we'll see how the situation all plays itself out. It is currently... 153 in Edmonton. Royal Pizza, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton are owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu in the list of their 15 Edmonton area locations and four in Calgary, visit and go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. On this day in Oilers history for New West Travel, I was in New Jersey. And the bus got lost from New York City to New Jersey with the entire Oiler entourage with it as the Edmonton Oilers selected seventh overall. They took defenseman Darnell Nurse. The uh, Vancouver Canucks wanted uh, a first. That would be the seventh overall. A second and Martin Marincin for uh, Schneider that day. Instead, they took the ninth overall, who turned out to be Bo Horvat uh, for Corey Schneider. Uh, Darnell Nurse would captain his OHL team in the Sioux for two more seasons before jumping pros full-time in 15-16. He also won a World Junior Championship with Canada back in 2015. Tonight, pinch hitting uh, on Inside Sports will be Brendan Escott. He'll have lots of uh, elk and oiler talk for you. Tomorrow, 
is a best of Oilers Now show for you. Many of you would say that's an oxymoron. And tomorrow night, a reminder, the Edmonton Elks and the Hamilton Ticats from Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. Uh, Brennan will have uh, the pregame show beginning at 4 with a kickoff at 5.30 with Morley Scott and Dave Campbell. Have a wonderful Canada Day long weekend. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and then Angela Coquat from 2 to 3 followed by 6.30 chat afternoons with guest host Kevin Usselman. Back at you Monday at noon. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.